and welcome to today's episode of Torquem Talk. Today, um, this episode, I think I am most proud of. Um, it's because I had the team from Guardian Group on. Um, and this was a, this, this one goes deep. This is something that everybody needs to watch or listen to. Um, people need to know that in Bend, Oregon and across the U.S. that uh, sex slavery is a thing and that people need to start doing something about it. Um, it is happening right here in our little mountain town of Bend. Like it or not, up to 300 cases a year, a lot of them underage. Um, these women are coerced into doing this. There is um, there's initiation, um, gang rapes, drugs, all right here. Not enough is being done. These guys are doing something about it and Mazama is proud to be standing behind them now to be doing something about it as well. So please get educated, sit back, and share this with as many people as you can because that is what's going to bring awareness to this ugly world that's happening right in our own little town. And it's what's going to lead to us getting rid of it. Because without knowing, how are you going to do anything? Um... All right, guys, thank you so much for being on the show. Um, it's incredibly exciting to have you on. Um, uh, this all kind of started from having your wife on uh, the show. So Shannon and I um, have been uh, uh, mentors to each other, more of her a mentor to me than me to one her and uh, Opportunity Knox uh, over the years. And so asked her to be on the show. We got into the sex slavery of what's going on um, in India and that was appalling and we and then she touched on um what it's at that's actually happening here too and i was just like okay it's happening here um and my idea of it was a pretty woman idea of it um you know people you know they, they mean to do it and everything like that and she explained to me this concept that we can get into of called like a romeo pimp and how they really are sex slaves um, and that they're trapped into it. So I was just like, holy crap, made me sick to my stomach. Then Jeff, we went to lunch. Then I got really sick to my stomach. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, this is something that people need to know about. The fact that when I go around and I talk to um, you know, different uh, professionals here in Bend, um, uh, male professionals uh, and female, both, um, they're like the common reaction as I've become like a, a donor and, and helping as much as we can to you guys. And as I'm explaining it, the common reaction is like really in bend and disbelief. I'm like, yes. Um, and at a scale much higher than you probably think too. So, um, I'm really, really, this is probably a, a podcast. And I haven't said this about any others that I am the most excited about to have you guys on to educate the town. Uh, normally, this is about business, but uh, this needs to be talked about because the business, this affects the business community. So um, diving in, um, I guess I'd like to start with, if you guys can explain from your words, like, how is it a problem in Bend? Where, I, 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 that's an open question. I'm going to leave it as an open question like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. And let's just start there. You know, it's it's funny. What's well, that's, a, that's a super complex question. Like, how is it a problem here? I think... At the beginning, you know, when we started looking at this 10 years ago in Central Oregon, uh -huh. the problem was that nobody knew of the problem. 
and to include everyone from law enforcement, service providers, mm-hmm. all sorts of people. So the, it was really the problem, and that's where I think our team is really good at, is being able to f- um, solve problems. And at the beginning was not only is this a problem, we quickly found out that yes, it's happening nationally, yes, it's happening in Central Oregon. One of the problems was that people weren't working together, mm-hmm. even if they found out about the problem. And so we, we quickly like started bringing together the right folks of people to work on this and then training everybody that sees it. So it's seeing it from the law enforcement perspective to a first responder, to emergency rooms, to shelters. We created the, the first response team here. So it's a task force here. Yeah. And then we started collectively going after it and seeing, yeah, yeah, this is happening here. Um, it's happening at an alarming rate. We'll tell you some statistics in a little bit, but it's happening in, in all sorts of uh, sectors. Mm-hmm. So um, we, we see that families have trafficked out their kids, so you get the familial side, but you also have pimps trafficking girls as well. A lot of it happens online. Families yeah. uh-huh. that are tra- okay. Yeah, I just want to make sure I heard that right. Families, families yeah. trafficking out their own kids. Uh-huh. Okay. Yeah. So at the beginning, part of uh, us, my wife, we we had experience with a girl that was trafficked with by her grandmother. So it's and where were they? Locally in Ben. Uh huh. Okay. And I won't go into detail about That's that. Okay. I think it's enough detail if people need to know. Like if that it happens. Horrible in story is here. Multi- yeah. So it's the problem happens here for yeah. sure. For sure. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll let you guys go into some details. Well, I think that's else. a that's the 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 fascinating thing about this crime is when we talk statistics to you, mm-hmm. it's what we can see. So what Guardian mm-hmm. Group really focuses on is the commercial sexual exploitation. So it's a it's a business. We're looking at the business. Of, of selling boys and girls online. Mm-hmm. That's what we can see. These familial trafficking, these things like you like you just bumped into here in your own place of work, right. we, we can't see that until it hits the commercial level. Mm-hmm. So the numbers that we commercial tell you- Commercial level meaning? Meaning it's literally for sale. It's, it's, it's like if you, uh, if you develop some hot sauce mm-hmm. and it never hits the commercial level, it's never for sale, how, how do I know it even exists? How am I ever gonna know about your hot sauce? Except for the fact that you start mm-hmm. telling us about it. Mm-hmm. And there's, there's, that, there's an entire industry all over the world and even in Central Oregon that these girls are being passed over, passed around familial-wise mm-hmm. with, with gangs or groups. So when, when we tell you these numbers, these are staggering numbers to people, but it's, it's, it's the tip of the iceberg. And when one of the numbers that we'd like to demonstrate to folks is commercially, there's about 8,000 sex ads in Bend a year. 8,000 a year. Okay, so what is a sex ad? So a sex I mean, ad is Mitch, could you put their website up? where, um, let's say, uh, it used to be much more akin to like a Craigslist. Like, mm-hmm. like you, you could go on Craigslist, and you still can, but it's much more, it's much harder to do. Uh, it's almost like going to an Amazon website uh-huh. and you're ordering up a girl. These girls are posted online. Um, there's usually a photo. It may or may not be them. Mm-hmm. And it'll be a descriptor of what it is they, they do sexually and how to get in contact with them, what their rates are, how to get in contact with them. And when we talk to folks in Bend, on every single escort site that we know of, mm-hmm. there's a drop-down menu for Bend, Oregon. So what that should tell you is whoever's creating this website already knows there's enough of a market 
in Bend, Oregon, to go through the trouble of creating a, a drop-down for us. So then how do they advertise? So having a website's one thing, but without advertising, it's just a billboard in the desert, as we like to tell like our clients here. You have to have something pushing it. So how do they push people there? So a, a number of ways, but but predominantly it, it, it is... It's sitting there, and people know people know to go there. the The most famous one was called Backpage, which recently got shut down. So mm-hmm. pe- people just know, like you know, if you want to if you want to order food to go, you go to Grubhub, right? Sure. How do you know that? Marketing. Mark, I yeah, know that Facebook because my wife told yeah. me. Yeah. I mean, I, you know, what I mean, like it's, it's it's there isn't a lot of external advertising for these sites. There is, but it's on dating sites and it's on pornography. Mm-hmm. That's where the marketing is is driving these customers. Most of it is the customers go specifically to the site to, to buy these girls. And and how are they doing it on social media? Because we've had talks about this, like there's symbols or there's, yeah. like, I Emojis forget what it was. Yeah. Descriptors. Yeah. So the, the sale of these girls on social media isn't as high as we're seeing it on these on these escort sites. Mm-hmm. Um, usually the girls are, are advertised that they're for sale, and then that transaction will jump off of that platform. Okay. You know what I mean? So right, it, right. the transaction can take place in Messenger or one of these other, right, but, but they'll usually drive you to another to another platform. So that is a that is a good example of, of marketing. They're mm-hmm. out there on social media, fairly obvious on who they are and and, and what they do. Cool. So back to Ben specifically, uh, it's about eight thousand ads a year, and we estimate about three percent of the ads are involve minors. So you, you you do the quick math on that. You're what's talking. The, what's the average age? You think the average age that we think of girls for sale is probably about eighteen or nineteen okay. that that are commercially for sale mm-hmm. because the pips and traffickers are smart enough to not really get them out there to the big market until they've passed that threshold of trafficking. What happens when they're fifteen? That's an automatic trafficking uh, violation. So legally. But it still happens. It still happens, but yeah. not at the commercial at the, at the highest commercial level. Okay. Because again, think of think of the risk. But they're both illegal. But no one really cares about prostitution, and the and the punishment okay. for prostitution is is very very low. So if a girl is underage, it's automatic trafficking. Trafficking has three legal components: force, mm-hmm. fraud, or coercion. You have to demonstrate one of those for our district attorneys to file a trafficking charge. So if you are in, when I'm using air quotes, prostitution, it's a simple prostitution case. If you're of age and you can't demonstrate force, fraud, and coercion, that can take some work. Okay. If you're under 18, that's automatic trafficking. So that's what, why Guardian Group, we, we try to focus as much as we can on finding that minor because it's often an open and shut case. How often do you guys find them? Up again, about 3%. 3%, about 3% of the time. Okay. And we're trying to improve those through expanding our manpower as well as uh, the t- technology that we have doing the work for us. Okay. Um, what's the youngest human you guys have found in, in Ben that it was trafficked? I think 13. Uh, yeah. Um, I've worked with other groups around, and, and, and again, let me, um, I'll, I'll say this to you just because just it's, it's going to gross you out. Um, nine months is the youngest that I've ever heard of a, of a, of a victim being sold for sex. And the youngest federal case last year was six months. Was six months. Mm-hmm. And what the fuck? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So keep, keep in mind, when what, what we're talking about is not pedophilia. There, these, this is all these categories. So you have prostitution writ large. Rich large uh-huh. And the, I'm using air quotes again, the healthy male that wants to buy a, a, 
of female of age. Okay, that's one category. Mm-hmm. Th- that's where most of these buyers are coming from. It's not that they want a child. It's the trafficker or the predator can manipulate that girl when she's younger. <clears throat> when she's 13, 14, 15 years old, he can convince her mm-hmm. and manipulate and control her much easier than when she's an adult. So that gets into the Romeo pimp type thing, right? right. Mm-hmm. So I didn't, I, I'd like you guys to explain what that is to educate uh, people as to, uh, there's been arguments, even when Shannon was on, there was a clip of micro content on my LinkedIn that you jumped in as well, where one person was saying like, well, how is it slavery when they're at will? Mm-hmm. And I was just like, I'm not touching this. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, if you guys wouldn't mind explaining that concept. Yeah, so a Romeo pimp, um, he comes in, he's really manipulative, very narcissistic usually, um, but very smooth. So mm-hmm. he's gonna act like this girl's boyfriend. He's interested, he's there to solve a problem. Um, we see it happen on social media, you know, a girl post, my mom's the worst, or school sucks, and he swoops in to solve that problem. My mom was terrible too. School was awful for me too. Mm-hmm. And so he finds a way to connect um, and then starts to buy gifts and kind of just completely sweep her off her feet. And she falls in love. You know, a young 13, 14, 15 year old girl is just looking to be and that's accepted. That's typically when this is happening, when they're that young. Okay. Yeah. So she just wants to be accepted. She wants a boyfriend she wants that kind of status and so they're very good at manipulating that need in a young girl and then using that to eventually traffic them out it's the most common way you see it mm-hmm. and, and again it's it when you think of this as a business and, and risk the business if you if you can your lure a young girl away from her family that's way safer than kidnapping her. So that's would, way safer than being violent to her in the short in the short term. How would the Romeo pimp then, like for a girl that, uh, let's say a girl is uh, 14 and he sees that she's from a broken home, um, how is he going to convince her that it's time to uh, leave Bend, if that's, a, if that's the play, um, and then do their first sexual act? They're, they're all different. We can probably all share uh, a, a separate story. Um, th- they're all different. and But th- I think the, the common denominator is, going back to what Andrea said, was that that predator recognizes what it is you want. Do you, mm-hmm. do you want um, fame. a fame? Then I'm convincing you I have a job for you in modeling or I have a job for you in my music video. Uh, you know, so I have you, a job for you down in Sacramento ex- for modeling. Exactly. Yep. You know, do, you, do you want... Uh, a partner? Do you want that love? Then I'm going to marry you. We're going to get married. Let's let's run away and get married. Oh, we can't afford to get married. What if we just? What if you? What if we sell you a couple times? Just one time. Just one time. Yeah. And then and then we can get married. And then the other really common one is is the is the combo of that is is the blackmail, where they will get compromising photos. Um, <sighs> the, and 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 I, and I, and I could be wrong. The sextortion. Yeah. The the biggest thing that I've that, that I've seen. And correct me if, if if you think this is inaccurate, Jay. But the biggest one we've seen from Bend of the girls that are, that are getting lured and recruited and taken outside. It is that promise of like excitement. Mm-hmm. You know, you're in, you're this little small town girl. I've got some really exciting things for you to see. Mm-hmm. And within 24 or 48 hours, it it becomes a, a violent assault, drugging, gang rape. What? And then mm-hmm. the, yeah. the, the the psychological breaking. breaking to that girl, she now thinks. So they get they get the girl like down like say L A. Yep. And then it's time for 
a drug and rape session yeah, or immediately in our hotels even in our yeah. hotels where uh-huh. it's called their breaking every yeah. victim will experience it. and at what point do they brand them um Stand. again it, it 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 depends let's finish up the breaking one too yeah, so, so, that, yeah. so that, because that because what happens then psychologically is uh you, you don't have any kids do you, you have any kids? i don't know so um, imagine you had a, a 15 year old daughter yeah and you're telling her you know this guy you're this guy you're dating. He's an older guy. He's really not. He's really not good news. You know. She sneaks out of the house. She thinks you think she's at a party with some friends. She goes to party with this guy. She gets drugged and gang raped, and it's all on video, audio, photos. And then he tells her, "You need to figure out a way to leave your family and come with me, or I'm going to show this to your dad." That is that point, and it's an it's an it's an incredible. Um, success ratio that they have, mm-hmm. where where the girls feel so isolated that God, they'd thought, rather protect that relationship more, with you. I thought there was more romance and stuff. Not that we've seen. Now, no, I think no. it can. Not happen. that that makes it better, but it, well, it because, could happen over time. Yeah. But in Bend, but when we're talking Bend, about Bend, because in Bend, the the yeah. trafficker in Bend, he can't hang out forever. No, he doesn't fit. He doesn't belong here. He doesn't fit here. Yeah. So he he has a finite amount of time to to break this girl. You know, in a bigger city like a Portland or Seattle or LA, they now they live next to you, or they, you know, what I mean, they they have a little bit longer time. So I'm I'm describing very specifically. And that's a good de- differentiation. We went to Portland to do a, a documentary, part of a documentary or whatever, and uh, we brought the film crew out to uh, the Lloyd Center. Mm-hmm. It's a mall out there, and we we said, hey, it could take time for us to see this, but this is what we're looking for. And what you're saying. You know, it started off literally with it when we were there within probably five minutes. We see it. We see the a pimp. We already know he's a pimp. Come up to a new girl and just ask, hey, sweetie, you know, you look cute. It just got out of school. She was a junior hire, it looked like. Jeez. And by the time they had walked down this little hundred yards, mm-hmm. he had already gotten her phone number and saying, hey, I'm going to text you tonight. That That could play out over months but mm-hmm. here what we do see it it's it's tightened it's a lot quicker so they still may do that you know they they may come to our mall we don't have a big mall here uh they may hit up girls that are at the shelters or runaways you know right next to the um uh, hawthorne bus station yeah. you'll start seeing people there coming in from out of town um and, and it does it's it's a it's it's a it's a breaking that but it's a breaking of their spirit Mm-hmm. And it's it's these guys are professionals. They 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 know how to target these girls. They know that if they they may watch somebody for a couple of years, even you know when they're really young. Mm-hmm. So they know okay, there's something different about this girl. She doesn't believe in herself or she whatever it is. And then and then they, there's a time where they just enter in, and they either can you know break her quickly or over that time. One tactic that I'm pretty sure we heard here. Um, a guy would walk up to two girls walking down the street and say, wow, you're beautiful. And the one that looked down or said, no, I'm not, he knew in that minute he could break her. That's how good he was um, at figuring out that vulnerability versus the girl that was like, oh, thanks, and kept walking and was much more confident. He knew she wasn't a good target for him. Okay. Um, this is all like hitting home even more than normal because so uh, <laughs> we had... Um, uh, Andrea and Jeff um, over to help with um, their 
uh, we were just doing a free Facebook overhaul on like, hey, here's the best way we can get this. Here's some um, stuff that we can do to help get the word out, um, which we're happy to do. And then after that, um, one of my team members, um, her daughter, basically uh, went missing and probably in Portland. And there was a lot of scandalous like Venmo stuff going on. And um, all of a sudden it became something that I was outraged about to begin with and but then after what was that was that Tuesday mm-hmm. yeah, it was Tuesday I was uh, just I had a lot of anxiety going through me I was like sick to my stomach and just like when it starts hitting and knowing that uh, the person who it did happen to she's an excellent wonderful mom and um, luckily uh, she did come running back. I'm not quite sure exactly what happened, but you guys were awesome enough. I called Jeff. You picked up and just jumped on onto the social media and were looking to help and way more empathetic than the police because the police basically gave um, her an answer of uh, it was her choice to run away sort of thing. Like they, they were concerned, but not really. While well, you guys were like, okay, we dive into this and everything like that so just hearing this stuff and knowing that like we were we have a positive culture with like all these great humans right here at Mazama and it did mm. happen here in Bend and it can happen so if anybody's listening to this like well not to my daughter are you really so sure can you be no you, you really can't um and so start looking for this stuff. So you guys are saying that another thing I want to jump into, which I think is really cool to kind of go on a more bright thing that's really, really cool I think you guys are doing is that we had to go into the task force a little bit. And the fact that you guys are ex-military and a bunch of badasses that are looking to bust down on sex trafficking. <laughs> <laughs> but I'll let you guys have taken that. So tell, tell me about the task force. So what I, what I think is interesting is when, when uh, Andrew was talking about the grooming, mm-hmm. It's the same way that you uh, create a, a radical Islamist suicide bomber. It's, it's the same. It's the same way. When we when we look at this cycle and why are we still in these constant fights in the Middle East? Because there's a constant supply of dis in this time in this in in this particular sense. It's disenfranchised men. It's men that are looking for a sense of meaning. It's mm-hmm. men that are looking for a sense of purpose, something greater than themselves. And it, the cycle is exactly the same. So. Um, Al-Qaeda, ISIS types are scouring social media, assessing and recruiting young men for vulnerabilities. And they lure them in, and then there's a breaking period, mm-hmm. very similar to what is happening in the in the in sex trafficking. So um, many of us at Guardian Group were, are very familiar with that. And as a counterterrorism expert, along that cycle, guess where I intersected with that individual? Like before he was going to be, you know, either mm-hmm. before or after he was a, a lethal threat. So my, my job was to capture or kill that individual. The the job of interdicting that cycle of mm-hmm. exploitation, we as a nation still do very, very poorly. There are more radicals being born and created every day than, than ever. And it's the same issue with the sex trafficking. When we, when we looked at what we could apply our skills towards and what we thought what crime we thought most um, accurately mimicked mm-hmm. radicalizing a terrorist it was creating a, a victim of sex trafficking and these Jeff called them professionals which I, I hate I hate to, to give them that much credit but they are absolute experts at exploitation and manipulation 
the methods they use to break apart these victims are the things we're taught to to fight against. If I if I'm ever captured by an adversary, mm-hmm. what are they going to do to to twist my mind? What are they going to do to tra- to to control me and and alter my allegiances? These guys are absolute absolute experts at manipulation. So this was something that we began to look at years ago, and I think it was more than luck that Jeff and I met each other um, over a beer on a patio at a mutual friend of ours um, retirement. And it's always a tough one when someone asks, oh, what, what, what do you do? You know, we often say errantly, I'm in sex trafficking. You know what I mean? Because it's just, wow, it's even I'm in counter sex trafficking. You know? And I remember very specifically meeting him, uh, the only ginger that was there. <laughs> we don't allow a lot of gingers in the special operations. Um, and I said, what, what is it, you know, what, what, do you, what is it that you do? And I, he was doing exactly what I wanted to do as we moved towards retirement. Yeah, and then we just fleshed that out over the last, how many years, five, six years. What is that? And, and the, it came back to that problem. He, he knows that problem mm-hmm. on multiple la- la- layers. Um, one of the best strategists in the world here. And so how do you take that those strategies and actually uh, shape a problem so people can understand it, but actually start fixing that problem? And that's why it's a, it's a, it's a challenge, obviously, for us to enter into this. And nobody's done it before like, mm-hmm. like what we sought out to do. Um, so how do you share a problem with people that don't believe that it exists and how do you share a solution that most people don't even want to hear and you keep going that's why we persevere through this and we're at that place right now where uh, law enforcement's reaching out to us people are reaching out to us uh everyone from saint charles is asking for help uh every time we do a training Uh, saint charles asking for help from like the er or something training and then once we do trainings matter what if it's law enforcement first responders whoever mm-hmm. we'll usually get a call within a week and we just saw what happened even a community i did this community training this was six years ago and this uh this business owner said that he called me up he said I, I think one of my employees is doing exactly what you said i said can we get on the phone with her and same thing this guy had uh lured her done the whole social media thing and was had bought her tickets to come down to vegas and we, we quickly found out that this guy's a guy that's not somebody worth visiting. So sure. um, we kept her from going down there. But there's there's that time element, too, behind this crime where you don't get 72 hours yeah. uh, a lot of times, you know. And, and what we learned, too, in the in the spaces we we went to, the people at Garden Group um, in the military, into this counterterrorism world, was we had to be hyper-focused. We had to be hyper-focused on high-level Al-Qaeda and ISIS and, and those influencers, mm-hmm. uh, which is why why I, I talk about how we're hyper-focused on these minors. And to defend law enforcement a bit, too, is they, they're they generalists. They enforce all laws. Okay. So when, when, a, when a young lady becomes up missing and they go to their protocols and, and the protocol is, has she been gone for 24 hours? And the answer is no. Somewhere along that chain of command, somebody has to say, well, I'm going to give you permission to, to not follow this mm-hmm. protocol. They develop those protocols because the preponderance of these girls that go missing, they, they come back within 24 hours. And they're taking their limited resources and reshifting them. So why guarding group is such a, 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 an integral part of law enforcement is it's all we look at. 
We're not looking at drugs. We're not looking at jaywalkers. We're right. not looking at hot dogs and cars. You know, we're not looking at noise violations. Our our Bend Police Department, our Deschutes County uh, Sheriff's Department, they're covering a million things at once. Sure. So mm-hmm. we want to be that group. That you guys can, ever overload call. them? Oh, so easily, yeah. easily, and that, and that's and that's the, 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 the there are there are kind of two there are two things that I didn't quite see as we envision this. One is overloading the system. Because in the in the military cycle, it's like 24 hours. You know, you you, you have a target, you conclude that target. It's a 24-hour cycle, or maybe a, a couple of days. This process of of trying to restore this girl takes weeks, months, and years. This process of trying to put this this predator, this trafficker, this pimp behind bars, takes weeks, months, and years. And then the other the other one too is Why just is simply that? again, it's the system. It's the systems of checks and balances we have in in the United States. Mm-hmm. You know, the the what the criteria we have to reach overseas to say you're a terrorist is very different than a law, a, 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 a state of, of law. So you give, America gives these people that benefit of the doubt and there's all sorts of loopholes that they exploit. How can we go about changing that? Elevate this as a crime that people care about. So, you know, in in Bend, while Bend is not a hub, it's it's a, it's a destination location. We, there are oh yeah there are pimps and traffickers coming here to sell their girls and recruit our girls. So to, for the community to have a voice and raise this, you know, I I use that hot dogs and cars mm-hmm. kind of tongue in cheek. Like if you look to see how many law enforcement agents are dedicated to freeing hot dogs and cars in the summer, it's a lot more than more ones that are specifically looking at counter trafficking. Now, is it because it's because the public says, exactly. how could this yeah. dog could be in a car and they take a picture and it goes over social media and then you have the cute dog and they're like, yeah, save that cute dog. And the cops yeah. are like, okay, and you get all these calls. Yeah. But when they see, when they're not trained, so that's yeah. the other thing is trained. So uh, that's what I see as the one thing. So how do I get trained and how do other people get trained on what to look for? Yeah. Is it on the site? Is that what you guys are saying? This is a huge one. And that was, that was the second piece too, was that I call it the give a shit factor. I did not realize the give a shit factor yeah. to address sex trafficking I didn't give of a minors shit until was about a month ago right because so, we all have, yeah. we all have life so that that's that's again well the segue. I didn't think it was a thing uh, so that's yeah, yeah. That's, that's that's part of it and that, and that, and that's where you know Jeff and I were talking about kind of where we come from but why Andrea is here is is what she's working on and doing terrifically is is raising that give a shit factor mm-hmm. and it isn't just the simple knowledge and awareness mm-hmm. but but actually imbuing kind of a a, a care and a respond to call to action. So I'll, I'll let her talk about it. Yeah, I think one of the things that we hear all the time, especially when you know we're advertising what we do online, is oh well, you got to start in Hollywood or you got to start with politics, and that's true. Those areas do have issues, but instead we want to start with a guy that's coming through Bend once a month. Yeah, we want to start with your next door neighbor that's buying girls, so that when your ten year old is 12, 13, 14, she's not their next victim. That's where we want to be. It makes sense too. You, you control the economy. The U.S. is controlled much more by uh, what I think. What I wish people understand a bit more is that it's not how you vote. It's how you, it's not with the pen. It's how you vote with your wallet. That's where mm-hmm. the organic movement came from. It wasn't let's make a bunch of laws and make people organic. That's what they wanted to do. So all of a sudden, people stopped buying this stuff because they're like, wait, what's happening? They're forced against their will. This isn't something that they want to do. I hope would deter a lot of males from wanting to do this, but 
I'm sorry, go ahead, but I, I'm hoping that it can do something when it comes to awareness. Yeah. Well, I, don't I mean, know it's how tricky. Sick it's not, are. we're not something that's fun to talk about. <laughs> like, this conversation <laughs> isn't ever fun. Yeah, that's why we need to have it, though. Exactly. Yeah. And people don't have it proactively until it mm-hmm. hits home, usually. Mm-hmm. Um, and then once they do, then they start to recognize it and say, oh, this actually is happening. Mm-hmm. Like, when we train out at St. Charles or here locally, we get phone calls every time. Like, oh, now we see it. Mm-hmm. Now we're thinking about all the things that we missed in the past years. And so trying to get people to understand that, hey, we have to have this conversation, even though it sucks. And, and I, important. I like what you said, because I, I believe in an America that when they know this crime exists, they're not going to stand for it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and uh, you know, look, look like you described, look at the things that have changed in our lifetime. I, I never wore a seatbelt until I was a teenager. You know what I mean? I never wore a bicycle helmet. We used to throw our trash out the window. We used to throw our trash out the window. It's a thousand dollar fund. Yeah, it's yeah. not. And, yeah. and, and you said it exactly. It's it's where it's where people prioritize with their with their with their money. Well, the anti-plastic movement that's happening right yeah. now. Mm-hmm. That's also. I mean, there is laws yeah. like a law has been passed in Seattle for plastic straws. There hasn't been one in Bend, but I don't know if you Have know. Have you heard about the anti-trafficking movement that's going on? There should be one. Yeah. yeah. But they're, well, that's what we're trying to say right now. Right? <laughs> that's why I get the anti you know, we, 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 we got to get people outraged. Like, the, what got people outraged before was a freaking straw in a turtle's nose. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden, you know, that's it. We're done here. Yeah. But I guess people wouldn't want to see a video of a girl getting gang raped and no. drugged. Nor we would we want to do that. We also do want to re-victimize that girl. Yeah. So, and really, and yeah. that's why we have this weird problem. of how do you get the community behind this? You know, yeah. it's, it's some of it's the shock factor, mm-hmm. but here's something we know, yeah. and and that and this has been taught to us by a, a bunch of these older law enforcement uh, retired cops, where they say they they see where we are today in 2020, where we were like in the 70s when it came to domestic abuse, domestic violence, mm-hmm. like yeah. like, dude, if you hit your wife, I can't stand you. It didn't used to be that way. It used to be like, eh, she probably deserved it. You know, we would look the other way. A cop would come to the door because of a domestic uh, 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 disturbance, disturbance yeah. and the woman's got a black eye. Mm-hmm. And he did he have sympathy for that woman? He, he didn't. And why? Because he didn't understand why is she still with him? If he's so bad, why is she standing here? Why doesn't she, why doesn't she press charges? Mm-hmm. We've, it, it took us 30, 40, 50 years to get to a point, and we're still not there. Domestic no. abuse still exists, but, yeah, but, we, very much but so. we understand it now. Like, yeah. you, there's no question in your mind when you say, why, why does we, an abused wife... We villainized wife, it. We villainized yeah. it, yes. Mm-hmm. And we understand, why does mm-hmm. an abused spouse stay with her husband? We know those answers now because of the control and the fear and the, and the brainwashing and all these mm-hmm. emotional abuse. When we begin to recognize that with sex trafficking and same with child abuse, why, why does a child who's being sexually abused not finger his abuser for 20 30 40 years this is what we're dealing with so we, we've seen successes we, mm-hmm. we we understand child abuse a lot more we understand domestic abuse a lot more and yes i would love to see this pivot from straws and tur- turtle noses to to <laughs> yeah. getting these girls out, out well out we were we were villainizing the victim you know they That's would arrest the the victim Make her meaning the prostitute. Yeah, the pro- yeah, and that, yeah. that was the other she thing des- is that you know she deserves this or she wants to be here. And we've then as law enforcement. Yeah, I went through law enforcement training twenty years ago. Mm-hmm. You'd arrest that person, right? It wasn't even an issue about like what's this trafficking thing. Mm-hmm. So we've we've moved hopefully moved on from villainizing her 
in villainizing the people we need to are the mm-hmm. traffickers and the Johns. All right. You could get arrested for this as a John here and be let go. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So until you take the demand away, um, and then it's some of the shocking statistics too. We just took over the number one position, Oregon, with the most sex offenders per capita. Go us. In the country. And you, you don't think that they're going to be part of that problem of too? Course. So and, I wonder why that is. And there's, yeah. And there's no, ways, I have no yeah, idea. I don't know. Do you guys have a theory? It's lax laws on yeah, that. Yeah, our laws are pretty lenient. Yeah. Oh. Because again, um, we're actually lessening how we're villainizing these mm-hmm. sex offenders. We they, they, they used to be a pariah in our society, and there are segments in our culture now that are that is trying to empathize with them, mm-hmm. trying to relate with the struggles that they go through. Yeah, they're even it's just undeserved. Their terms are being changed in California. Yeah. You can call somebody that's come out of prison. I, th- I think uh, what making it known that um, these girls are slaves mm-hmm. and not that they're willing to do it uh, having them know this Romeo pimp scenario at an age of 13 to 14. Um, and you know, when there was people commenting, when the posts, uh, uh, when the podcast went off on, on those people, when we, I was mentioning earlier on, you know, if it's their choice and it's not a slave, and I was like, okay. Um, and what I started thinking to myself on that was, okay, here's an analogy for you. Um, why was it that an African American slave back in the 1800s, why was it that he willingly went out and picked cotton? Well, because if he didn't, he would be whipped and possibly killed. What's going to happen to the girl if she denies doing this? Yeah. So I'm asking. Yeah, the same. And yeah. and the other the other aspect of that too, with your analogy, is when that slave is out there doing his menial labor. Where's his family? Where's his wife and kid? under control of the master mm-hmm. so when this when these girls are out there doing their work servicing these johns oftentimes their their families their immediate families are under threat and how do they how do they put their immediate families under threat because they tell them you know like I, you know if, if you're gonna if you run if you're working for me and i tell you if you run if you go for help i'm gonna kill your family i'm gonna kill your mom i'm gonna kill your dad okay i know where you live i know where your cousins are they're they're dead i'll kill them all I'll kill him violently. Now, now if you have a child, I can I can lay that child over you. If we have a child together, yeah. it's one of those fascinating. And I keep using the word it's fascinating. It's probably closer oh, no, it's to, to, to disgusting. It's just, it's just the same. It's but a slave. It, it, it's it a it damn slave. Yeah, and it changes the way that she interacts with communities. Yeah, like mm-hmm. she will never self-victimize. I mean, self-identify as a yeah. victim. Uh huh. So, so we have to. Our community has to be the eyes and ears to that. Like I know there was a sticker program going around. The country and hey you know if you're a victim call this number they're not getting many numbers i mean getting many calls mm-hmm. because you, they're not identifying or they feel under threat i'm not going to call that number or they don't have access to a cell phone because they don't yeah. have control of communication with the but when phone. we as a community can become the eyes and ears and say i think i see what this is happening yeah. we step in for her and and see and that's a that's an and that's basically thing. when you're seeing like a, a girl with a shady looking guy that doesn't belong and bend sort of thing is is that one thing we're looking for i guess like we, um, you could go through here on the training on the website and figure that out yeah it, it could be it's yeah. it's a lot of it's hiding in plain sight and what we've seen what we've seen in bend is the girls don't look like what you would consider a, a prostitute to look like oftentimes 
they're carrying their sex clothes with them. They're they're dressed even even not yeah. as nicely as Andrew is, is now. They're in t-shirts and jeans. Mm-hmm. They're moving amongst us, um, and then they have in their bag the, the clothes because they're fulfilling this fantasy. I wanted to circle back real quick on something Andrew said with the phone. They may not have their phone, um, but I also want folks to understand that 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 oftentimes they they do have their phone and it's a control measure. So that's what mm-hmm. that's what people look for a lot is this girl who's completely isolated. She can't reach the outside world. Well, they control her through that phone. So even if she can call that mm-hmm. number, very often these these traffickers they they have the phone spoofed. Like I see and know everything you do. Mm-hmm. So this idea of not not looking you know looking for a girl that's isolated from technology. No, it's actually one of the shackles that they use to 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 hold them. You know, oftentimes these girls will have two or three phones, different phones on them, mm-hmm. because they have two or three different personas they're playing. Uh, so that's one of the simple ones that we ask, especially with kids. And, and the person that worked with you is, does your kid have hidden devices? Do they have cell phones you don't know about? Do they have computers and iPads that you don't know about? And, and if they do, why? Mm-hmm. You, you need to have those discussions with them. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I don't have two phones anymore. I used to. But again, these are these are simple things that people can ask. Sure. Okay. Um, so what else? Uh, you guys are doing... So. 10 years now, like going after this, not only here, but across the nation. Um, what does a normal day in the life look like in the office for you guys when it comes to battling this? A normal day is a non-normal day. <laughs> if you have two days that look the same, then it's, at least for some of our team. Mm-hmm. Um, some of our team are, are looking at this problem online every minute of the day. So, but it's, you know, we may get a call from a mom, daughter's gone. We may get a call from law enforcement needing help. We may get a call from Canada wanting to take our hotel training across, across the country. We, uh, we're pursuing things as well. So we're not just waiting for people to call us. So that's one thing that sets us apart is really different is we're very proactive in this. Mm-hmm. You can't be preventing and stopping it from a, a sitting back. Sure. You have to be out at the front doing something, getting into the mess, getting into the grind, um, not being afraid of the gray. Mm-hmm. Um, when I say that, we, we're 100% accountable to everything we do and 100% integrous, but there has to be an ability to adapt to a changing culture like this because these traffickers are changing their methods, mm-hmm. girls are changing. Um, and, it, and if you're not good with change and problem solving, conflict management among even other community organizations that do things that you may not think you should mm-hmm. um, uh, I think it's 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 definitely not for the weak or faint of heart so well the 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 typical day in garden group just continually shows us how much more needs to be done and how much more we can do I mm-hmm. mean even when we when we took the call from you and we started looking at developing uh, what this might look like there's so much we know we can't see and and that's where the the day right now almost every day is incredibly frustrating because it's there's just so much more to do um but we but we know how to do this we need the tech we know the technology that needs to be to be pulled in and there's there's so much growth that can happen there will be a day when you reach out to us that we, we we would have found that girl in a matter of an hour and that day that day's coming and it's just it's just funny. We well, just it's 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 funding is the main yeah. thing you guys need to make that day yeah. come. Yeah. 
What about for people who can't afford to donate money? Raise their voice. Yeah, talk about it. Talk to your yeah. elected officials in your community um, about ways that they can change the laws or change their policies. Make ah, sure. policies. We were talking about this earlier. I would like to start with the corporate one that I didn't think of. And while you guys were telling me, I said to our HR lady, she's in her office, I was like, Keely, put this in our manual right now. Uh, what I'm talking about is um, you guys are saying having it be a standard that you could, you are not allowed to buy. This should this sounds ridiculous I'm saying this, but it needs to be a standard. You're not allowed to buy a human for sexual things on a work computer on work time or anything yeah. like that. Yeah, and it does sound ridiculous, but but it but it is it's this idea. Well, it's it should be one of these things that are just like, well, duh, but like no, no, we need to anyway, yeah. I'll let you guys go on. <laughs> but again, you know, yeah. and I think you know, it's one of those things do you, and and you and you do as a as a corporation, do you believe in the inherent value mm-hmm. of of every human being? And if mm-hmm. if you do, you disallow putting a price on that person and purchasing that person for your self-pleasure, you know? And that's that's where uh, that that's going to be a big day when corporations acknowledge that. So, how did you guys end up finding out that that would be an effective thing? Where what was the oh my god, this should be a standard for all HR or employee handbooks? Some of the reports that we read, they did some local, not local, but in Seattle, where uh, they found out that the average time of purchasing sex online from a work computer mm-hmm. three o'clock, three o'clock afternoon. afternoon. So that's when the majority of it is bought is three o'clock in the afternoon. So that mm-hmm. that purchase is made for uh-huh. a later time. Right. So guy gets off work at five. You know what I mean? So they're sure. they're lining up. Swings by the hotel. We're on corporate travel too. Right. We all know that. You know that's that's why our city is also a little bit of a hot spot too, is because people love coming here. Conferences, events. Yeah. Mm-hmm. When you go to a conference, at, like a work conference, and mm-hmm. you've got ten thousand employees to hide behind. You could do whatever you want. Yeah. Okay. So having, um, so that's saying one that that's saying something pretty big. So basically, putting in and this is what we're doing today in the HR handbook. Uh, I don't know exactly what the words are going to be, but it's be something along the lines of if you buy sex, I I, I want to just say period. If I catch it, you have done this period, not just on work times. Make sure you hey, even bitch, make sure that Keely to <laughs> write this down. I don't care if it's on work time or not. If it happens, period, you're fired. And that's the way it should be. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And again, man, think of back to the recycling. You're you're doing that here at Mazama. Let's jump forward ten years from now. That's huge. Mm-hmm. If we can pull that off. That's well, I hope huge. I hope I influence or we influence at least one other business owner in town to be like, yeah, I should make that. Is that check? I mean, <laughs> please. business yeah. leaders, please look at your employee handbook and let me know. DM me or comment. Are you? Do you guys have a policy? And if you don't, are you going to change that? Is that that much of an ask too? And what's that going to say yeah. to your entire team? What's that going to say if St. Charles decides to put that as an HR response to their, I don't know how many hundreds, maybe thousands of employees they have, that you're not allowed to do this or you're fired. And all of a sudden people go, why is this even coming up? Yeah. As you were saying earlier, Andrea, that's a big marketing push. Why is this a problem? Because as I've been walking around town and saying, I'm like, yes, yeah, haven't you been there? Like, so now all of a sudden you make out this corporate email or a meeting and everybody sees this like, Okay, hey, duh. Why is this? Is, oh, this is a this is a thing. Yeah, it's a thing. Yeah, and then yeah. if you take the next step, 
So we, we're specific with hotels. So the River House here uh, went through our hotel training, one of the first in the country to go through the Guardian Seal training. Not only are they aware of it, but actually trained on it now. Like they, when you, when you go through our training and you see how it happens, mm-hmm. you're disturbed. So there's one say, you know, there's one element to say, these are our policies and procedures for travel and just internal internet usage or whatever. <coughs> but there's another one to say, Hey, we're going to stand behind this. Um, we've got companies doing matching grants for us, like matching donations. Mm-hmm. We've, uh, the statistic is that, uh, employees that are part of a company that gives to an organization like ours or chair, you know, they're charitable. They have a ten, 75% more tenure tenure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I guess this would be because a good they time feel like to, they're involved in something. This mm-hmm. would be a good time you know? to tell you guys that starting in 2020, every new client that signs with us, a hundred dollars is going to go to the guardian group. I like that. That's what it's about. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. We talked about yeah. that yesterday in a group meeting, and I was um, asking if anybody would be opposed to that, and everybody was very behind. I got a lot of direct messages, a lot of people coming up to me saying how much they value that. Um, That's huge. And, it, mm-hmm. and it's, it's just putting it's putting the dignity of humans just a, just a little bit higher than we have them right now. Yeah. It's absolutely huge. Mm-hmm. So we'll have uh, the HR thing changed as a marketing <laughs> thing. Uh, the hundred dollars of every new sale coming on, and um, we're also going to be building for you guys like a fifteen thousand dollar bot that will help educate people um, on basically an awareness campaign that will live in Messenger. That's going to be really cool because it's phenomenal. Yeah, that'll be a lot of fun. Yeah. Uh, so Mitch is getting into sales. So. Um, let's go, Mitch. Yeah, let's go. <laughs> wow, what are you doing? What are you doing back there? <laughs> All right. Um, okay. So uh, I wanted to also jump back into uh, policy um, really quick. So that's on a corporate policy and that's something that a lot of business leaders can do here. Now we're talking about political policy and influencing. How can people help with that with elected officials and whatnot? I think one of the big ones that we always push for is require training for certain areas. So require Mm -hmm. your law enforcement to be trained, require your hotels to be trained, require Mm -hmm. your hospital staff to be trained, and just start there and then move out because those three places are going to see it more than anyone else. Mm -hmm. Um, So that's a good place to start. Especially every one of us are customers. Mm -hmm. And so as a customer, if it's going to hit the pockets of a hotel owner, I'm not going to come to your hotel unless you're trained. Your people are trained. Mm. It'll yeah. it'll shift the responsibility from us coming in and saying, "Hey, do you guys want this training?" No, it's not. It's not even required. Why would I take the training? Unless you have somebody that has we found that has a good heart, like David Lenke says, "I want to take this training. I want to get all of our people." But if the customers come alongside and say, I'm not going to even touch those hotels that, or whatever. That's genius. That will help. Mm-hmm. That's like the whole organic movement uh-huh. type thing. If we yeah. can that's the get the word out. Yeah. We get the word out. We're like, you, you don't have the seal. Then I don't care. Mm-hmm. And like, okay, we need the seal because we just lost five clients last week because yeah. they called. Yeah. And I didn't know what that was, but I need mm-hmm. to know what it was. Or I said no to you guys before. This really is. A, and I, you're really astute with that. Looking at this from a, a, a corporate answer, because that's what we're looking at. That this. The federal government is not going to solve this. No. State government, it's going to be, it's going to be the people, the, people, the community mm-hmm. and, and the corporations. With that being said, some very simple things people can do politically, too, is when that time of year comes, 
is you, you press your politicians, mm -hmm. your district attorneys, your attorney general, your governor, your mayor, your judges. What 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 is your stance and policy on counter trafficking and human trafficking? And and again, just like you're looking to in, input that into your policies for Mazama, mm -hmm. every single time we read somebody's bio who's running for office, they should have a comment on it. They should have an opinion, and and then the next step would be holding them accountable for. Yeah. Any, any stance mm -hmm. that they take, you know. If how can we how can we sniff out um, uh, corruption in these cases? Because the reason I'm asking is the people, the majority of people who can afford to uh, buy sex are typically a bit wealthier, and those people also tend to influence political elections by yeah. putting in donations. So there's. Let me just clarify a little bit when we talk about the, the, the strata of, of the buyer. Um, all, ec all socioeconomic statuses buy. Okay. Like, the low, mm -hmm. like even you know, people that are on welfare are, are, are buying girls. Okay. But what we do I didn't see, know that. What we do see is the, the high volume buyer. Mm -hmm. So statistically, the high volume buyer makes over $100,000, $110,000. Again, now that's a no-brainer. How, how much is a girl in Bend? Uh, it depends. So this... A, a girl in Bend is is at minimum three hundred fifty to five hundred dollars an hour. But an hour. Um, so that's getting you know. But we're talking but doctors, go, attorneys. Business they'll go leaders. overnight for five or six grand. So that's and now we're definitely talking so, doctors, attorneys. Right. So when you're when you're talking in Bend, we yeah. we talk about this offsite. There's the volume of purchasers that are buying girls for a hundred, two hundred, three hundred dollars. It's a higher volume, mm -hmm. but there's enough of a volume in Bend that they're going for. Five, six, eight thousand um, dollars. We we have the buyers in Bend, and those are and those are the the, the richer folks. So mm -hmm. so yes, there is that level of, of corruption. How many how many calls are coming in? Yeah. So when yeah. when law enforcement tests out these systems, you know, because these numbers that we have, mm -hmm. we validated with them, and we continue to refine them. And when when we say there's a demand, every probably every quarter, law enforcement will test out this system. And they'll post a post a, a fake ad on one of these sites to kind of judge the response, and typically it's about fifty people calling within an hour or two. Fifty people call from Bend within yeah. an hour or two. So this goes back to even where, where where you were looking at how how do they even know to call because they're looking. Mm -hmm. They're not being driven mm -hmm. to these sites. They're on these sites on these sites looking. So uh, another interesting kind of anecdotal story. Is I was out at uh, MIT at this. Hackathon. Is there a way that we can do shaming of these people? It's yes, <laughs> That's but it's but it's also <laughs> it's also complicated. And and I and I used to be really pro shaming, but our friends in Los Angeles who have a very sophisticated human trafficking task force, they went away from shaming, and and it's because it doesn't just shame the buyer; yeah. it shames his whole family. So now you have dad who is being shamed on TV or in the paper or in a billboard, and now these children have to go to school and also get shamed. This, his wife has to go to church or work and has to be shamed. So in, in most of these places, you know what I mean? Like nothing's easy. No. In most yeah. of these places, shaming is not something they work. So let me, <coughs> excuse me, you'll have to edit this part. <laughs> <coughs> We were at MIT mm -hmm. at a hackathon, building tools. And there's a company in Seattle. 
I won't be able to get through it. You have to talk about something. Else. Um, I'm gonna have to recover from this. I'll make <laughs> something up. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> Do you want us to tell the story? <laughs> I think you know the story. I know the story. You well, have to tell it. Yeah. I mean, you can correct me if I'm wrong, but yeah. while he was at MIT, this company in Seattle that creates bots to interact with Johns, um, and the goal of the bot is keep on saying Johns. So John is a word for a buyer. buyer. Same it. thing. Yeah. yeah. Um, the goal of the bot is basically they go to purchase sex, and then the bot suggests other behavior, um, and so. JT asked them to run a bot in our area to mm-hmm. see what the response was. And for the first time, somebody in Prineville asked the bot, are you a bot? And they'd never, ever had anybody ask them So this was a out. Sunday afternoon. They built this fake ad. It was posted. Again, about 50 responses within an hour or two. A man somewhere outside between here and Prineville, we didn't, couldn't quite geolocate it. He's engaging with this bot, and what this bot is trained to do is, as you're texting back and forth, mm-hmm. it's walking you down this line to make sure that you are, in fact, a, a, a buyer. You want to buy sex, and then it will tell you, "Hey, I'm a robot. Mm-hmm. We recommend you stop doing this. We've captured your phone number. We've captured your IP address. Yeah. It's a deterrence model. That's that seems to have a certain level of effect. So as this buyer was corresponding with this robot." He knew to ask if it was a bot because our federal law right now is you cannot pretend to be a robot in a two-sided conversation. And that's for you and me. We don't want a marketer, right? We don't want a robot telemarketer to walk us down this line. So the the federally, they're protecting us. The federal law says you can't pretend to be a bot. So they have built into this model. If the buyer asks if it's a bot, the bot has to say yes. So there's a couple things that come out of this. One is, it's an example of the laws that are still restricting us because we understand what, where, why that law exists, sure. but we should have some exceptions when we're countering this crime. The second one is, the first time in hundreds of thousands of these bots being run across the United States, a buyer asked the bot if it was a robot, and that is a Deschutes County claim to fame. Somebody in Deschutes County is sophisticated enough and has bought enough girls to know within two or three exchanges to ask this person on the other end if you're a bot. And then wasn't he like, thanks, bye. (laughs) Is that pathetic? Yeah. Another claim to fame that we have. That's interesting. Um, Awful. Um, So shaming, I guess, doesn't work. Uh, Just trying to find out a way of, like, taking this... Because fighting the wealth thing is going to be difficult too. Um, perhaps educating, maybe just getting out the knowledge that these guys who are wealthy, who are paying for the five thousand, six thousand, know that uh, they might be telling themselves that this isn't a slave, that this is a person, and they're into it. So really pushing, letting them know, like, no, you're. This is a slave, just yeah, like back in the seventeen hundreds. Same deal. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. One thing. One thing we like to help guys recognize and understand because we do speak sometimes with with like professional sports teams or high network you know mm-hmm. really successful people and explain to them that this crime isn't what you think it is this they're fulfilling a, a fantasy that these girls are coerced into nine times out of ten when you're engaging initially with this little sexy talk mm-hmm. on the text you're talking to the John that or I mean you're talking to the pimp the pimp yeah I'm talking to trafficker he's the one that's describing all of these sex acts with you that are that are getting you turned on 
when you go to meet that girl at the hotel, mm-hmm. oftentimes the pimp is there. He's there in the room. He's under the bed. He's in the closet. He is there to, to, to ensure that he gets his money. Not always. But again, if you, if you knew this, if you're, if you're LeBron James who thinks you're going to purchase a girl at some party, that, that pimp's going to want to make sure he's getting his, his, his money out of it. Mm-hmm. Or they're going to roll you, etc. Like this is not this fantasy that you've built up in your head is a poor girl a who's being closet. forced. Yeah. So think about that. Mm-hmm. How, with an M4 rifle. Yeah. And this is we know this as fact. It's not every time, but we know this as fact from survivors, and that was their mo. Especially when the when the pimp was worried about that girl not getting her money or potentially that she was going to meet another another pimp during this process. Yeah, there's there's nothing sexy about battles. It. They 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 compete with each other. Got it. But the the good thing about the the competition is that's what we're looking for half the time, because they have to deconflict their product mm-hmm. by geography and brand and all of these things. We we can see that that discussion. That's mostly what we're looking for, is the pimp to pimp deconflict and synchronizing their business mm-hmm. more than anything else. Okay, so how can people um, donate to you guys? What's the easiest way? Guardiangroup.org. Okay. Yeah. So guardiangroup.org, donate. Um, Other thing is getting awareness, like we were saying. um, Look at who you're voting for. Uh, Make politics. If you're not in a position at your business to change your HR employee book, talk to HR or the owner or whoever who is. Um, I feel like they would, I mean, how could you walk away from a conversation if you were to say, hey, can we put a, if you buy a sex slave that you're fired and if they say no, then do you still want to work there? Exactly. 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 That's pretty screwed up. Our core values for real? Yeah. 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 No, you're pro sex slaves. Got it. All right. I'm out. Yeah. Yeah. Seriously. Um, You can't be pro woman. You can't be pro equal rights. You can't be pro all these things. No. And not. And not mm-hmm. be pro slaves or anti slave. Yeah, yeah. All right. Well, very eye opening. I again, thank you guys so much for coming on the show. I'm uh, I'm very um, inspired to get this out uh, into clips to the people and the uh, get some money behind it um, to benefit helping stop this here and then. As your guys' motto, I've seen on your emails that sign off to all are free. Mm-hmm. Then outside of here, because you guys will put an end to it here, but that's just the beginning. Yeah, yeah. and other people get to be a part of that too. Yeah, I view I view um, our community as a bunch of people with flashlights. Mm-hmm. Super lame, maybe it's just a simple idea, but they're shining a light on the problem. Either seeing victims, seeing. You know, if they see a trafficker, but also asking them, if they shine the light on this problem here, there's going to be a lot of questions that come up and it's okay to ask why. Yeah. Why aren't our children being taught this in their schools? And it, it just brings up discussions. It's a great question. Uh, how, you know, how many people I definitely have, wasn't. No. Yeah. How many people have been arrested as a John or a trafficker in this county? And then how many actually serve time? Why? If the number isn't matching, we need to ask the question why. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's and it's okay. And I suggest people do this. It's also good to shine a light on nonprofits mm-hmm. 
look at us. We, we hold the highest ratings for, for all nonprofit. Um, they, they view and, and they research and they, they go after and they, they grade nonprofits. Right. I would highly suggest that if you're given any money to a nonprofit that you I agree a lot shine of a light shams. on that. Yeah. yeah you do your homework. Because yeah. if you're giving it to one organization and they're not being accountable for that money mm-hmm. and, and they're misusing it, you're taking it away from the fight. Yeah, like Goodwill has a jet. Uh-huh. You really exactly. need that jet? <laughs> yeah. No, you don't need that jet. I like I like Jay's analogy there too because when we when we look at this problem and, and I, I want to encourage your listeners too, um, it's 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 one flashlight at a time, you know. Mm-hmm. And we're never going to get rid of cockroaches, right? Like, there, there's always going to be cockroaches. There's sure. always going to be traffickers. There's always going to be evil men that are going to want to exploit and manipulate. But right now we have cockroaches just sitting on our on our on our uh, couches and sitting in our chairs, yeah. and we want to shine that light and push them in the corners and just just clean your room. That's all I'm asking you. Mm-hmm. Clean, clean your room. Clean your room of cockroaches. Mm-hmm. If they're any if they're in there, they're deep in the recesses that we can't see, and and that's why I appreciate that you're doing with Mazama. You, you guys you guys have taken this. You're you're taking these simple little steps. You're not trying to solve the this problem as a country, but what, what you can affect right here, you're taking action on, and, and that is a huge step. And if more people would just do that, we're, yeah. we're gonna push these cockroaches back into the shadows. Mm-hmm. All right, well, let's uh, let's clean our rooms. <laughs> Starting with Ben. <laughs> Thanks, guys, I appreciate Thanks it so much. much. Pleasure. Pleasure.